This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, beautiful people. Hello, my fellow clock dodgers. Hello, my friends. Before we get into this excellent podcast that I have planned for you guys today, I just want to talk really quickly about No Halftime. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you're very familiar with this as a daily fantasy sports app where you can do player versus player challenges rather than team versus team. Um, If you're new to the podcast and you haven't downloaded No Halftime yet, please go on your store, Google Play Store or your iTunes Store now. You can pause the podcast and when you go on there and download it, use the promo code CLOCK, C-L-O-C-K. We're going to give you a free $10 to use on the app. Also, if you leave them a review and then shoot them an email, tell them Clock Dodger sent you, you left a review, they're going to mail you out a free t-shirt. So at the same time, if you think about this, you're getting free $10, a free t-shirt, and all at the same time, you're supporting the Clock Dodgers podcast, which I cannot thank you enough for. Um, If you do that, I really, really, really appreciate it. The app is tons of fun. Baseball, football, basketball, NASCAR, golf, literally, there's no limit to this. It's it's tons of fun. Um, You can play free challenges. You can play money challenges. And guys, what I want you to understand is I would never have a sponsor on this show or endorse anything to you guys if I didn't believe in it 100%, um, if I didn't use it myself. So please take my word for it. Um, This app is super fun, super good people, um, quick to respond to you guys if you contact them for any reason. Um, It's legit, man, and it's the greatest um, daily fantasy sports app that I can can think of right now. It's definitely been my number one source since I've been using it. Um, So guys, please get on there, support Clock Dodgers, support No Halftime. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Clock Dodgers. Same with Instagram at Clock Dodgers on Instagram. Go to clockdodgers.com. Tons of great content on there. You can support by using the Amazon link on there as well. Let's start the show. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot go with him. Can't do it. Play with the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Clock Dodgers Podcast. Okay, we are here. Episode 17 of the Clock Dodgers Podcast on this beautiful Saturday afternoon, eve, almost evening, you know, midday. Um, I have a special guest on the line today. I want to introduce Jay, a.k.a. Uh, on Twitter or uh, Fantasy Life app where we actually met. One little Indian. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, we had to do this. We've been having this kind of in the works for a while now. So finally, everything, you know, worked on my side, worked on your side. And so we're good to go. Um, just a little, you know, quick background on Jay. Um, again, I met him on the Fancy Life app. Um, 
you know, I've talked about the Fantasy Life app a ton. I've had guests, you know, even the creators on the show from there. So everyone who's listening, uh, unless you're new, knows what that is. Um, and he pretty much introduced me. He brought me from the main page, uh, from shouts and then advice page to the chats, which I didn't even know really existed at that point. So um, he's kind of opened up a whole new uh, world for me, kind of a shitload of new people. So I appreciate that, man. And uh, how, how's your day going, though, man? Everything good? Everything is great. Everything is great, man. I've been sitting at home. I'm, I'm pulling for my Raptors here as we're doing this. So if you hear me cursing, I apologize, but I need to see some buckets <laughs> get made. And yeah, like like you said, it was just a, a connection on the internet there, like on the app. Uh, and, and that's just something I do on that app. I'm always cruising the main page just to find people. You know, I brought you into Falafel, which is everybody knows that's my that's my main my main spot that i hang out in but mm-hmm. everybody everybody on that app knows i, I jump around on the chats and, and as on twitter i just like to to get stuff out there and get information and, and as you and i have talked about just get other people's views on the situation and, and see what they've got to say about it exactly you're another person just like me who just likes to connect with people no matter where you're from no matter what you think about your opinions on things you just like to you know talk to people so um that's kind of how you know we've uh, created this uh, bond here so uh for those that don't know you're in canada uh which is the home of the 30 year old high school basketball players uh high school in canada is just flourishing at this moment man what's going on Man, that is some crazy stuff. And the craziest part about this whole scenario, I think, for me, when I saw the story break, and I think we talked about it when it broke, um, is if you see a picture of this man, and I'll call him a man, because when I saw the picture, I picture, I picture my, my daughter who's... Dude, yeah, he, he looks super old, man. Like, he, he looks NBA veteran in the face, you know what I mean? It, Exactly. And so I'm just thinking of people I know that are like my daughter is in high school. And if I saw that man come to a party or show up on a court practicing with my daughter, my first question would be, how can you think that that guy is a 17 year old that he was posing as? That, like, that stuff is just crazy. But it's it's something that I see happening in all sports, you know, like. We talk about it as something that happened in in Little League World Series. It's it's a big thing that they talk right. about. You know, there's the big story, Danny Almonte, that came out posing as a as a, a 13 year old when the kid was 14. So you know, the limits get pushed all over. And what I find funny, I guess, especially in Canada here with our main sport being hockey, it's something that kids always try and push up and play an age group up. Like nobody's really trying to push it and go backwards. But <laughs> right. I, I guess that this is just one. And the funniest part was it was our border patrol that that searched it out and said, and came to the school and was like, we can't have this. He lied on his immigration documents. He lied on everything. He's nowhere near 17. But I, I, as I said to you, the first thing for me was just looking at the guy, when you see that face, I don't know how you can think that that guy is anywhere near the age of a high schooler. Right. I mean, okay. So like you said, it's not the first time this has happened. Like you said, even Little League, but besides Little League, even, you know, Major League Baseball players have been questioned for their age, right? As far as um, not being the age that they say they are, maybe they're older, but they're obviously allowed to play baseball, but they're just older than they're saying they are. Um, But in this case, like you said, he's in high school and looks old as hell. Um, Now, what's the situation though? You said he's he's a foreigner, right? So he came from, I think, somewhere in Africa or something, right? He came from... 
he came from Sudan. Sudan. He came from right. Sudan. So anybody that follows basketball will know, like we have another, there was another Sudanese guy that was up here, Thon Maker. Um, and he mm-hmm. actually broke down a barrier that's going to happen. He's going to be one of the first people to be drafted straight out of high school uh, since LeBron's era, because he, he was an international player that took a year off after finishing high school. Oh, okay. So he kind of pushed that limit in a different way. But so he is a Sudanese guy who emigrated to Canada under the impression that he was a 17-year-old kid coming here to do high school. So crazy. Uh, so, I mean, so, what, but what was, do you think his reason for that was to play basketball or he just did that? No, from everything that I've been reading about it, his reasoning for doing that was that he, he wanted to go to the NBA and he thought that his only route to get into the NBA was to pose as a high school student and go through it that way. But my wow. question is, how is that guy going to get into a college? Like somebody, <laughs> yeah. somebody along the line somewhere has to look at it and say, okay, we got to verify your documents, dude. Like yeah, I get you immigrated. I get this happened, but to have that guy. And I was, and, and my biggest thing was just the shock of, of when I saw him, like I had read about the story first. And then when I saw the picture come out, that's because it came out actually on our, like we have a news station here and it came as like a little a, a ticker line on the bottom, just saying, you know, 30 year old man posing as 17 year old, it gets extradited and right. pulled in by border patrol. And then when I saw the picture of him, I was just, I'm standing beside myself. Like, yeah. how does nobody know that this guy is an old man? Like, right. you know, he looks, he looks great on the court. The jumper is nice. All that stuff. <laughs> I, I'm not going to knock any of those skill set. Like the game is good. I get it. But I, I was really beside myself just looking at the guy's picture thinking, I don't know how nobody put two and two yeah. together. It was well, stuck what, that way. What messed me up was I read the article first somewhere. I didn't see a picture of him just like you, but I had read in the article like quotes from the head coach and stuff that was like, yeah, you know, I had no clue. I was telling him that he was going to be the first kid from, you know, this area or this school or whatever the case may be that was going to has a chance of making it to the NBA. And I'm thinking like, dude, once I saw the picture, I'm like, did you really not know this dude was not 17? Or like, were you just letting this slide so that you can, you know, have you get some shine in your team or whatever? And then, you know, like I said, I seen the picture. I'm like, this dude looks older than LeBron, man. And then I was thinking, who who told on him? But like you said, I guess you said the border control is actually who caught him. I was thinking, you know, maybe he dunked on somebody and they got upset and dry snitched or something. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought when I read it first. I was like, who who ratted this guy? And then when I saw the picture, that's when I was just. Uh, I- I didn't even have anything else to say. We were laughing at, about it at work. But he's actually, like, where he went to university is basically a border town. He's right on the border of Detroit. So that's a team that would have been going across the border, playing in high school tournaments, playing against AAU teams. So I'm surprised it took that long for someone, because we're almost at the end of our school year here. I don't know about you guys down there, but school here ends in June, right? Right, so yeah, it's getting close this, to yeah, this kid, this I call him a kid. This thirty-year-old man played basketball for a whole year, and no one caught on until almost the end of the year. Yeah, that, that is so insane, man. I'm telling you, somebody dry snitched, man. Somebody got dunked on, <laughs> didn't like it, and was like, "Yo, whose pops is dunking on me in the game?" <laughs> <laughs> he was old enough to be someone's dad out there, man. It's just, it's just nuts. I, and that's the other part. When I looked at it, aside from the sporting and lying about age, my first thought was. What if he's got like a girlfriend at the school? What if, like, oh my god! What? Like I took it in my mind. I took it to a different place, which probably wasn't right. And, and there's no stories that have come out here about anything like that. But I'm just thinking, like he's a 30 year old. He's a star athlete at high school. You know, like most 17 year olds that are the star athlete at high school tend to be involved in extracurricular activities. 
Absolutely. You know what I mean? So that's where my mind went. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is this is craziness. Like there's gonna be other stuff. And then coming out, it was it's it's nothing's officially come out, but just kind of by reading on it, it seems like he was a, a kid that stayed to himself and and I think that helped him keep that story to himself you know he never really got too close to anybody right and 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 being from canada do you think they're gonna like pursue anything harder on him or just get him out of there and from what i've read it's just gonna be an extradition i I don't like and the way they put it is is he just forged documents and based on him forging documents he's gonna be out of the country and that's what it is gotcha okay well yeah man i I had to open up with that because i was like man come on this is this is just the craziest (laughs) thing i ever heard so i had to go there and obviously you know with the NBA playoffs happening and everything, I want to just kind of transition straight into that then. Um, you mentioned the Raptors. Uh, a little bit of a slow start, you know, maybe you could say, to start the to the playoffs off here. How, you know, I, I know a lot of, I don't know if it was Raptor fans panicking or just people that are rooting for the Raptors, but how, how you feel right now, man? You're a fan of the Raptors. You guys are in the playoffs. You have a strong chance at competing in the East. That's what everybody thought going in. How, how do you feel at this moment, you know, with the way things have transpired so far this early in the playoffs? How do you feel? If we would have had this call two and a half hours ago before the game started, I would have said I felt amazing. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I believed in my team. I still believe in my team. But it, it's one of those things right now that it, the team isn't playing as a team. We're too dependent on our bench right now. We do need our bench to show up, but at some point we need our stars to show up. Game one, it was JV playing out of his mind, kind of coming out of his shell, and, and it was the JV show. Right. Finally, yesterday, DeRozan showed up, and now today it's just like they're out of sync. I also also don't like the schedule we get we always seem to get disrespected with the schedule when we're in the playoffs we get the early slots we don't get the nighttime games so i get that the guys are going from a night game day off to the early game and they're tired but all in all i do i do think and i said before the, the playoffs started i have them in six games i knew they were going to lose the first game the pressure here was, was incredible i could only imagine how the players felt um and I said to you earlier, after game one, it was crazy. The sky was falling. People were calling for Casey's head. People were calling for Ujiri to lose his job. But then game two happens and everybody's already planning the victory parade. Right. So uh, Toronto is one of those cities that kind of lives by the wind and, and dies with the losses. Um, you know, right now, I guess just looking at the game as I have it on in front of me, we're down 14 in the third quarter. I really think that we're kind of too dependent on Scola. I'd like to see them get Biombo a little bit more involved. He really helps us protect the rim and drives the defense. Right. But it's one of those things. I, I definitely see us making a push. I, as I've said, kind of, I think that they're going to be front runners to win the East. I do see us getting through this series. I do see us getting through the next. Um, but it, it will be that battle. It's going to be a Cleveland-Toronto Eastern Conference semifinal or even Eastern Conference Finals, sorry. Um, and that that's what I look at. And I think we match up really well for the Cavs. You for got, us. Man, you got to. You guys are my team to beat the Cavs. To knock off LeBron, and there's no disrespect to LeBron. I just, I don't, I don't care about the Cavs organization. I don't like how they do things. Um, I don't like the way LeBron carries himself sometimes. And I'm just kind of, you know, I want to see some new blood in there. And, and Toronto doesn't have anybody that I, you know, don't care for. I like the way you guys run the team. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you guys to knock off the Cavs. So I need you guys to, to, you know, to pick it up a little bit here. You know what I mean? Show me, show me what you've been showing us all year. Um, I'm just curious, obviously, you know, being in the United States and, um, you know, the Raptors being in Canada, 
Um, how much do, do the Raptors matter to Canada and whole, not just Toronto, but just Canada and whole? I mean, does everybody in Canada root for the Raptors? Do the other places besides Toronto really just don't, don't care? I mean, how, how, how does Canada um, receive the Raptors? Like, how, how do they react to this? The Can- Canada perceives the Raptors much like they did with um, the Blue Jays. And I don't know if you're a baseball guy as much as I am. But so when the Blue Jays made the playoffs, it was like insanity down here. It was crazy. And the Raptors, the joy is people, we used to have two teams here. And I'm sure you remember this. Yes. We had the Vancouver Grizzlies and we had the Raptors. Once the Grizzlies got taken away from us, the country became behind the Raptors. So, you know, when I would go places and I, I'm always wearing a Raptors hat, a Raptors shirt, I'm, I'm, I'm always repping my squad. The Raptors have been my team since they got here. Okay. Um, so, and it's one of those things that sparks a conversation. People always want to talk about it. And people that you don't think are into basketball, people that you don't think are into sports, they are truly Canada's team. They're very well perceived. And it's interesting to me the amount of people that have the knowledge of the Raptors and have the knowledge of the players. And, and I myself used to go to games i used to go to about 25 to 30 games a year because i was lucky enough to know a buddy that was an usher we have a section here called the sprite zone where you can buy tickets for 20 bucks okay um i would buy a 20 dollar ticket my buddy worked on the lowers and i would sit about 20 rows back um and that's (laughs) when we used to have a player that i called half a player and half a yellow rujo i don't know if you ever remember him yeah i do the biggest waste of a draft pick so (laughs) everybody everybody was happy with especially as the management changed um babcock was hated he got rid of vince that's what basketball was truly in its glory here um but it it truly does bring the country together it's it's crazy to say and especially because we're so hockey nuts over here but when when basketball's in full swing like it is right now you you can't go up and down the street without seeing somebody wearing a raptors hat or a raptors flag on a car or or just hearing people chat about the raptors so the excitement is there so so with that being said and and that's what i assumed that you were going to say but with that being said are there fans of other basketball teams there or in a heavy presence at all or is that something like that's like a sin if you do that no there there is because we're still such a new team right like we're only I think we're 20 years now, uh, 21 years in the league. Mm. Um, And like myself growing up, I was a Celtics fan. We didn't have a team. That's who I liked. I liked Larry Bird. I liked the way the the Celtics played. I was a Celtics fan. Once we got a team, I jumped ship. I'm a a hometown boy. That's going to be my team. Um, But there still is a a stronghold of uh, diverse fans because of that, because of the team still being 20 years old. So a lot of kids that parents grew up watching Knicks games on TV, so they're Knicks fans. Feel bad for them, but the Knicks (laughs) fans, you know what I mean? A lot of people still, um, I, I guess the biggest ones would be Knicks. Bulls, everybody's every there's Bulls fans everywhere, thanks to MJ. Right, so all um, the large markets basically, and exactly all the large markets, and then you'll meet your basketball guys. Um, do we got some Orlando be, Magic fans sprinkled in there anywhere, man? We do, we do. Especially Orlando has always been a team that picks up some Canadians, so everybody always cheers them on. Right, right, right. Got one right now, man. He's still there. Hopefully, you know it's, it's so weird because with him, I know we're talking playoffs and everything, but um, with uh, what's his name now? His name, his name slipped my Paris. mind. Paris. 
Yeah. Or Nicholson. Yeah, 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 Nicholson. Nicholson. Yes, Nicholson. So it's Nicholson. weird. Like, he never plays all year long. Then once the season is over, we put him in for the last five games. He does well. And then you go into the next season, like, hey, are we going to keep him? Are we going to trade him? We don't use him again all next season to the last five games. He looks good. It's like, I don't understand, you know, what's the deal with him. I don't know. You know, every everything that I've heard of him is that he's a smart guy. You know what I mean? A good guy. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the deal is, why they don't ever just give that dude, like, a full run. You know what I mean? I don't know if he doesn't you know, show it in practice or what, but it's like, I would like to see him just actually get a real chance. You know what I mean? Like let this guy start or get this guy for real backup minutes and just like, see what he does. Cause whenever he does play like towards the end of the season, he gets a, you know, more run than he does the whole season. He does, you know, he shows things, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't understand what the, the whole Nicholson, uh, how he gets shelved like that so much, but I'm always rooting for him. And if he doesn't do anything with Orlando, hopefully, you know, at some point he gets traded and has a real opportunity, you know, to do something. Um, but with the rest of the teams in the playoffs, obviously you're a Raptors fan, so I'm not going to convince you of anything else. But um, the Warriors, you know, Curry's been a little beat up. Obviously, we're not going to panic, right? I mean, some people may be panicking, but we know better than that. Um, the Rockets are no chance they're going to beat the Warriors in my mind, um, even without Curry. I don't see that happening. Um, but do you see this Curry situation causing an issue for the Warriors, doubt, you know, continuing here for the rest of the playoffs or what? Not at all. I think I think they have the right series to be able to rest them. So I think that worked out in their advantage. Yeah, you know, I think TNT kind of spited the Rockets to the win with the the game five, six, and seven not necessary. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that kind of motivated the Rockets to get that win. And of course, the, the Rockets deserve that. The by the way, screw the Rockets. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> they did deserve it. And with the refs ad- admittedly blowing the call of that offensive foul, that James Harden's favorite move with that forearm shiver. Yep. Um, it's one of those things. So I think that the the Warriors do have the right series to, to line up for them, to be able to rest Curry a bit. I know Curry's come out and said, there's no way I'm not playing in game four. It's, it's highly doubtful I won't play. He wants to be on the court, but at the same time, he's a smart enough guy to, to look at it for the long run and say, okay, wait, if I sit out this series, I'm going to be a bit healthier. I'm going to help my, my team in the next series. Exactly. So do I really think there's a team that can give the Warriors – a push other than the Spurs, I don't think so. So I think I think that's the matchup. I, I love the Spurs. I love the way they build their organization. On a side note, I find it really humorous that everybody loves the Spurs and how they build their organization, but we hate the Patriots and how they build their organization. It's just the same just thing. something I was thinking. You know, it's the same. They both do the same thing. They draft right. They pick up the guys that nobody else wants. The and coaches sudden, act the same. They they <laughs> hate the media. They mess with the media. They act exactly alike. It's yeah, exactly, and then like I think you said it last pod, right? Popovich did say if we were reading lips correctly, that the Raptors have a chance to win the final, to get to the finals. Yeah. So I did like to see that coming out of him. I know our coach gets a lot of respect from from a lot of these guys, but I think on the West, I find the West interesting on the last two teams. I think the East is going to be a more interesting playoffs the whole way through. Right. That's the one thing I see. I just East one through eight could shuffle any time. You know what I mean? If LeBron missed a little bit more time this year, we could have finished one or two and somebody else could have came up. Um, but I just think the East is going to be every series is a series you can watch and you can you can depend to go six or seven games or whatever way it is. I think that they're just a, a closer match. I think that in the West you have two teams that are dominant. Um, and and uh, I think I heard you say it before as well that the Spurs season was one of the most slept on great seasons around. Yep. If the if the Warriors didn't do what they did, people would be going bananas over that Spurs season. You know what I mean? Exactly. The, the record at home, all those things that they did this year. 
Um, but all in all, I, th- I think it's I think it's going to be Spurs and Warriors. I think the West wins wins the finals again this year. But it's going to be a nice, it's going to be a fun run for us here in, in our city. And I think it's going to be a fun ride in the East just to watch the battles go down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, it's hard to argue that Spurs, Warriors, in the West, unless you know, unless somebody surprises us, and then of course, uh, and not, not even if someone surprises, us, it's, it's, it's if one of those teams don't you know meet at their expectation, basically. But um, in the East, like you said, it's just kind of a you know, it's it's LeBron, it's uh, you know Toronto, and that to me, those are the favorites going into it, even at this moment. And you know, does somebody shock us? You know, does Miami do something? Do uh, you know one of these teams kind of surprise us? It's, it's possible. You know, in the East, I just don't see that, like you said, that even being possible in the West. But um, for sure, you know, things could get weird in the East. But it's so early right now. You know, things are just kind of you know, just kind of going as we assumed they would. Um, so, you know, again, there's only so much to talk about because it's so soon. Um, but, I, but again, I'm rooting for your Raptors, man. I hope they, uh, I hope they go I all the way to knock off LeBron and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I'd actually like to see something like something crazy, like for the fine, for the Eastern conference finals, like Toronto, Miami or something, just, you know, them without LeBron, um, you know, coming back and showing they can still do it and still hang, um, some, you know, something cool like that to me is interesting. And obviously, it would have been even better if Chris Bosh was still in Miami playing, you know, not hurt and oh, not dealing with his health issues because come, him coming back to Toronto would be crazy, right? Yeah, that would that would just be amazing, man. If Bosh if Bosh got to come back for a playoff series, people still love him here. You know what I mean? As much as he spited us and he left, I was going to ask you that. He, at least he didn't pull LeBron and, and make a whole showcase about it. He just kind of decided that was the best fit for him it's sad to see him i used to see that guy at clubs every sunday night when we would go down to the clubs he would be there partying he was just always a good dude in the city um but miami is is the matchup i don't want so i'm I'm really hoping we don't get it wade tends to be killer against us um but that is that is the one i fear is that the miami team i think is being slept on and the one i think like you're saying the surprise out of the west you you have guys like durant and westbrook playing, playing together you never know what those those guys could go and put up 70 points in a game just those two alone so that's true you know it, there is a possibility that something happens but i don't know like i said in the east miami worries me for my raptors in the west i think it's kind of side and sealed but Hopefully we can get a surprise. It's always entertaining, yeah. right? So, so Miami's a dark horse in the East, and uh, I kind of disrespected a team with Westbrook and Durant, which is ridiculous. So, um, can't I can't not mention them, right? I, I get what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. It's a ridiculous combination, and, and maybe the last time we see them together. You know what I mean? So. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, shift in focus is really quick. Um, one thing that me and you have talked about a lot uh, on Twitter, on the Fantasy Life app, all over. Um, me and you are, are in some fantasy leagues this year coming up together. Um, and we've discussed a lot of fantasy, obviously, a lot of fantasy football and whatnot. And we discussed the fact that we both like to trade a lot. Um, you know, it's kind of a thing for me. I'm kind of addicted. It's like I have a needle in my arm. You know, I can't, I can't help it. I, I can't get through a season without making a bunch of trades. I can't stand guys who refuse to make trades. It annoys the hell out of me when someone's like, hey, man, I really like Kawhi drafted. Or I can't stand it. I hate when people act like that. But that's their choice, their opinion. But, you know, from our discussions, you're kind of a self-proclaimed uh, fantasy sports trade wizard, right? I guess I wouldn't say trade wizard, but I'm definitely looking at it in a strategic manner, and I'm I'm not scared to make the deals. Right, I'm, I can be painful to deal with because of 
I look long-sighted, and I think that's where most guys fall short when they're playing fantasy sports. Like you said, a lot of guys who get into leagues and, oh, I love the players I drafted, or I wouldn't have drafted them if I didn't like yep. them. You know, and it's like, well, you probably drafted them because I took a guy off the board <laughs> that you wanted, or somebody else took a guy off the board you wanted. So it's just one of those things that I find allows you to really be involved in fantasy sports, and... So I, I have a few different kind of strategies that I work with. And the guys in Falafel know when I went in there and I joined that league, my first thing was, okay, here's my team. I like no pieces on it. And I openly said I like no pieces on it. But just because I don't like pieces doesn't mean I don't value them. And right. I think that would be a lot of players, fantasy players' first mistake is they'll go out and they'll say they don't like somebody but then they'll beat that person down just because you don't like a person. You gotta, you have to remember that no matter who the player is, every player has value to somebody. Somebody's team can use that tight end because their tight end is going on a bye week. Somebody can use that wide receiver that you're using as a wide R three, but it could be a wide R two or wide R one for somebody depending on injuries. Right. So if, for me, I guess if we're talking football trading, I really try and look at like a broad spectrum of things in season trading. I find is, easier than off-season trading off-season trading especially in keeper leagues people find people see value differently when the player's on the field and you can buy low on somebody i'm i am a big buy low guy i if there's a player i like that i missed in the draft i hope that he plays terribly for the first three (laughs) weeks because that's when i'm going to go in on him and that's when i'm going to be able to get him for my eighth ninth tenth round pick or, or somebody i picked up off the waiver wire so for me there's a couple different strategies i guess i like to use my first strategy that i'm really big on is i often like to just i'm I'm constantly asking people who's available what do you want for this guy what do you want for this guy you know are you willing to move so and so so what i do with that is i'll get a few guys that are interested in one player like this year i spent time shopping when i drafted them i spent time shopping um lamar miller okay before the season started people were hyped on him i'm gonna shop him i'm gonna see what's going on by the end of it i ended up pulling in um aj green in one of my leagues okay for every every everybody thought it was crazy you're giving up a running back you know there's so many people that are still caught up on a running back does this for you with the amount of injuries and things that happen in fantasy sports again i will i'll never be committed to any one guy i don't mind if I don't mind if the guy, after I trade him, goes off in week four and five for 30 points and 17 points in a standard league and the owner's trying to rub it in my face because I have A.J. Green that just finished putting up 30 points. Exactly. I also I also like to try and target players going into bye weeks. I'll give somebody who has a player that's going into a bye week two players or a player that is coming off of a bye week because I'll sit down for that week and I'll think, okay, I can get so-and-so off the waiver wire. I can get this guy to fill that spot for me for this week and maybe struggle through to get a win or a loss, whatever it is. But I like to take, that's where you can really get value on guys because they see, Oh, this guy's not playing this week. I need somebody to fill this guy's spot. Well, I'll give you guys to fill that guy's spot because 
I'll worry about the long haul, right? It's such a battle, like 17 weeks, 16 weeks, whatever your leagues are, 15 weeks, whatever it may be. But it's, it's that long-term battle that people people are so short-sighted, you have to be willing to to take advantage of it. And right. the, other, the other thing I find with people when they're trading is I find a lot of people get too tied down to, am I winning this trade? Am I losing this mm-hmm. trade? You can't get stuck on that because... You know, so if we're talking about trades again, like there's deals that I make that are crazy at the time to to package to package players to make a deal that I'm going to lose on because I know that there's people that are already interested. So I'll be reaching out to guys in the league saying, what do you think of said player that I'm trying to acquire? Their first answer is you don't have that player. Right. My my answer to that is it doesn't matter if I have that player. What's your interest level in that player? And then it's always, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you something for this guy, a player I like more, you know? So, like, last year I was trying to get Gronk. All year I tried to get Gronk. I couldn't get him. I still can't get him. But it's it's building up to those things where you try and pull players that pique other people's interests so that you can win the next deal. It's all about making your team the best you can make your team. Right. And if you're too focused on, oh, God, well, if I give up, you know, I had guys coming at me this year for Jordy Nelson when I picked him up off the waiver wire. I'm in a keeper league. Well, I want Jordy off you now. Like, give me Jordy and so-and-so for my guy. Like, well, no, I'm not giving you Jordy because you see no value in him right now. You're trying to make me package him. Right. I'll hold on to him. I'm not tied. Like, you know, so it's it's about long haul and it's about making sure that you're not you're not worried about losing that deal. If you get too worried about losing that deal, you're not going to make a deal to help your team win the game. You know, and right. that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So, so, I mean, a couple of points to what you said. I, I, obviously, um, you're in agreements with, agreements with me here that, um, f- you know, trading in fantasy football or, or fantasy sports in general is a big mental game. Right. So it's kind of a battle back and forth um, with the person. But the, the key to me is communication. Um, it, it's very difficult for you ever to make a trade with someone when you're just not talking to them, but you just send them a trade offer. I mean, they're, they're pretty much just going to ignore it or reject it. I feel like there's so much dialogue that has to go, you know, go on between someone back and forth um, to kind of make it make sense to them. Um, I made a trade last year actually for Gronkowski, and it was like uh, I, I planned this whole, you know, this whole conversation out in my head before I talked to this guy, and and I and I basically I noticed he was he was not winning games, right? He was like he had like one win at this point in the season or two wins. He was really behind, and he was starting to get to the point where if he continued to lose, he had no chance, right? So. I had super crazy depth at like wide receiver and, and decent depth at running back. And so I had guys that I wasn't even using that were outperforming his wide receivers and running backs on his team. So I, I basically started throwing everybody into the trade, like four different players. And I was like, I just want Gronk back. Yeah. You know I mean, I just want Gronk. I don't want to, you know, hurt your team. I'm going to give you four guys. And I like this guy to, to many people. When I made the trade, they're like, okay, well you're getting Gronk, but you're giving away all these players who together outperform Gronk. Right. And I, and it's hard to get through people's head that I can't use all these guys though. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't use every single player in this deal. So I'm not really losing at the end of the day. If I'm, if I'm trading guys that I'm not using in the first place and, and to get Gronk back and like, how can I, how can I lose? Yeah. I mean, this is Gronk that we're talking about. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a, a mental war. Uh, to say with with people when you're trying to trade with them to whether it's to convince them you know to sell them on your guys whatever it is but I love package packaging players for one guy 
Like I just I like doing that because again I don't care if I lose in the overall fantasy points because a lot of guys do that. They'll say, okay, let's see who he's trading me. They look on ESPN or whatever it is. Uh, you know, some guys live and die by whatever ESPN tells them. He's projected to, to yeah. this many points this yeah. season, and yeah. I'm giving up this many. Like, so they're like, like okay. you said, I agree. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm getting back 140 points. I'm only giving them 70 points. This, you know, this makes sense. And for them, they maybe are getting more back because now they can fill two holes on their team and give up one guy. But for me, it also makes me better. I mean, it's not about whether you lose the trade. It's whether you make your team better after the trade, um, which is hard for some people to, you know, to comprehend because, like you said, they're short-sighted and, you know, some guys are stuck on who they drafted or the big name or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, I think last year when I won in my in my big money league, I had two guys on my team that I actually drafted, you know, from the beginning of the season. Everything else was either, either waiver wire or traded players. Literally two or three guys on my whole team were still from the original, you know, guys that I drafted. Does that happen for you a lot or? Yeah, that's a, actually same thing for me. Last year, I finished my team with three guys that I drafted. One of them was Cam Newton I finished the season with, Chris Ivory, and the only other person on my team that I finished with. Actually, that was, oh, my kicker, Gushka. <laughs> Those are the only guys I finished my finished my league with. So yeah. I, I, I always tell everybody, and I've been doing the same thing in the baseball leagues I'm in, and, and it, as I've had the conversation with you, I like to put out the feelers and I will, when there's a guy on my team that I know is hot and I think is a sell high commodity, I will shop that person to every, everybody in the league. Yep. So I'll say so-and-so is available. Do you want him? And I'll start getting responses. Now, this is something that I told Sid Skeet from Falafel. Um, and I said, you know, don't use this against me, but it's something that I do. Um, I will take guys and say, do you want him? Do you want him? Do you want him? And then when somebody bites and says, I want him, and they offer me something that is probably a decent offer, I will find a way to bump up their offer. So, and it's probably really evil and it's probably terrible in what I do, but I will be quick to say, oh, well, you're going to give me that, but so and so is going to give me this. So why don't oh. I take that deal? That person it's backfired on me and I'm stuck with the guy that I'm shopping. But a lot of the time someone will say, okay, well I'll give you and they'll bump their offer. Yeah. So I like to go that method. And it, like you said, it's a mind game. I, I sold cars for a long time and before selling cars, I worked in retail. So selling is something that I've done for my whole entire life. So for me, so, it's, it's trying to sell that woman in white gloves, a ketchup popsicle. That's why I look at my play. Right. So do you feel all is fair in fantasy football or do you feel like there's lines you can't cross? Cause I've seen questions come up, you know, on like, uh, on there's the one, Go ahead. one thing, one thing that I think is a line that you, you don't cross. And, and I had this conversation, I actually think it might've been in your room or the OGs room when we were talking about the, the clock dodger, dodger OGs league. And the only thing that that I and I had it happen to me last year, there was three guys in my league last year that all sat players after the Thursday night games mm -hmm. to try and get me eliminated from the playoffs. Because if their opponents all won, then I would get eliminated. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So for me, the only and, and Herm Edwards says it. I think I think you used it in your your intro music. Yeah, yeah. You play to win the game. Yep. You know what I mean. And that's that's my only thing. So. I think throwing a game. I think I think not not putting your all into it. It's just as bad as the guy that's in your league that never looks at the waiver wire and forgets to set his roster half the time. Right. That's that is my only line that I will not cross. 
Gotcha. Other than that, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna collude on a trade, and that's that's a conversation that I never even get into. Um, that's one on the the FL app that I got my first ever Matthew Berry prop on. Is I posted a shout that you know the too damn high old school meme that's been around forever, and I just said the amount of people on the app that talk about collusion is too damn high. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. one of those things. Like every it's a word that everybody throws around constantly in fantasy sports. You know, oh it's collusion. It's a terrible deal. You manage your team the way you want to manage your team. If some guy, you know, last year I traded Stefan Diggs and Ronnie Hillman for Greg Olson, right? I saw what the guy wanted. He had C.J. Anderson. I looked at the deal. I could give up Hillman. I just picked him up off the waiver wire, and I had no value in Diggs. He was my wide R4 at the time. Right. Sure, the next game, Diggs went out, and he had a huge game, two touchdowns or a touchdown, whatever it was, 18 points. He had a day. So be it. But I had no tight end. I was streaming tight ends from week one. I drafted I drafted Ertz thinking, oh, he's going to bust out. That's my guy. I don't care about tight ends. I'm taking him. And then he screwed me over for the first five weeks, and I didn't get over three points. So then I'm playing this waiver wire game trying to find it, and then finally I see a deal open up, and I think, okay, this guy has Anderson. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I get what you're saying as far as collusion and, you know, you can't uh, determine one person's value of a player or the move they want to make. So it's hard to really call collusion. Let me give you an example that actually happened in the league I was in last year, the one that I won. And you tell me whether, you know, you would have considered this uh, collusion or not. So basically, I have guys in the league that are brothers. There's three three brothers in the league, and one. This was towards week ten or eleven. It was, it was pretty much the the playoffs were right around the corner, so we were right there. There was everyone was pretty much set in stone as far as who's going forward, except for a couple of guys. But out of these three brothers. Um, Two, two of them were basically out of the race. One had like won two games, I think it was, so he had zero chance. Um, and the other brother had um, he was a first seed, I think, in his in, in, in his division. And so the uh, week ten or eleven, right before the playoffs started, um, it was actually it was actually the trade deadline, and it was like an hour before the trade deadline was going to end. And we see a trade goes through where I don't know if you remember last season when Bell went down uh, in Pittsburgh, D'Angelo Williams started tearing it up, right? And so the guy who was in first place, believe it or not, didn't really have any running backs. His, his best running back was Marshawn Lynch, who was you know hurt and off and not playing a lot um and so his wide receivers were carrying him the whole way he had like i think larry fitzgerald is like his fourth wide receiver he was flexing him all the time because he didn't have running backs and um so right before the deadline the two brothers um trade and of course he trades larry fitzgerald which again he had aj green deandre hopkins he had all these other wide receivers so he didn't need him um and he traded him for d'angelo williams straight up um now this this was weird because this other guy, his brother, was out of it already. There was zero chance of him making the playoffs, and they happened to make a trade that the one guy who who's getting Larry Fitzgerald doesn't really need wide receivers, and he's out of the playoffs. And then the guy who needs a running back more than anything um, to continue his run into the playoffs happens to just get one at the last minute from his brother, who's out of the playoffs. Um, so that trade actually was. Um, canceled by the rest of the league because we just didn't think it was right. Would you not think that trade is right, or would you say it is what it is? It's fair. What would you? How would you feel in that situation? Man, that's a, that's a tricky situation. I am one of those guys that always says it is what it is. Okay, but that's a deal where I, I don't see the value in Fitzgerald for Williams at that point. Right, and I see and it's, not a, it's not a dynasty. It's not a keeper. It's nothing like that. So 
Yeah. When the season's I, over, I, it's over. You know what I mean? Is there any way, do you feel like, to prevent that? Like, can you tell teams who are not going to make the playoffs, well, you guys can't trade? I mean, towards a certain week. Can you do that? Or I don't think you can. I think the deadline's got to be the deadline. You know what I mean? I think I think your league did the right thing. I think the votes went through and everybody said that that trade's not happening. But, damn, yeah, that's a, that's a sleazy trade, man. Like, you know, smells like... You know, yeah, because like the guys making the trade was like, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, come on, man. And, and the messed up part is I was in that league for a while. And these guys are obviously my friends and stuff. But, you know, in fantasy football, you know, things get crazy. You know what I mean? Guys get, you know, they get desperate or they get, you know, crazy yeah. with the deals. They want to win. And so, you know, you can't take it personal. And like I said, they, they may not have thought they were, you know, doing anything wrong. But, you know, the league, yeah. you know, the league for canceled me, that one out. For- yeah, for me, the one thing is, like, especially you said the brothers, like, if I was the brother that wasn't in the playoffs, I would not be helping my brother get into the playoffs or win the playoffs. Exactly. I would be like, screw you, I'm out of the playoffs. I want you in my boat. I exactly. Don't care. I'm, not, I'm not trading you anything. You could give me your top two receivers and I'm not giving you Exactly. Because so, the last thing you want to hear is him, you know, brag about it, you know, winning everything, you know, for the next that's year. That's right. That's right. You're at Christmas dinner. He's gonna say, "Hey, who won fantasy football last year? You remember that?" Yeah, that's he's, never, he's never gonna let you let, live that down. So, I, for me, I, I think the league did the right thing. Um, I, it's one of those deals. I, I hate the word collusion. I hate to even hear people talk about it. So, I would just say it was a trade that got canceled because right. the value wasn't there. Right. So, okay, cool. All right, man. Well, that's all I wanted to talk about with the trade thing. We got past that. I want to jump into our uh, world famous subject our world famous game foul or no foul um oh, so damn. are you sweating. down for that i'm sweating i'm ready for it but i'm sweating <laughs> all right good so let's go ahead and get it started it's that time again <laughs> let's play another round of foul or no foul all right great so for the, the first one i'm gonna go where i'm gonna bounce all over like usual there's no topics that are safe here um the first one i want to get into is a hot topic right now in ufc mixed martial arts and everything is the conor mcgregor diaz situation um i just want to preface the statement first so people know if they're not aware of it what's going on so conor diaz uh, conor mcgregor lost to diaz in their last fight and so they were getting a rematch uh, which is ufc 200 it was planned for and at some point conor mcgregor went on twitter said he was retiring he's done fighting i'm out of here and so everyone's like what's going on and you know comes to find out that conor mcgregor says that you know this is a rematch he lost the fight before this one he really wants to win it and he feels that part of the reason why he lost was he did this whole you know promotional run which he's been doing on all of his fights um and that he feels like that affected his game you know his game plan how he went into preparing all this kind of stuff and he says that he asked dana white the UFC president, whether, you know, he, he cannot do the promotional run and just kind of, you know, show up at, you know, the biggest, the biggest, uh, um, you know, conference or whatever, and, and kind of talk there, but not do all the other stuff. And, and basically was told, no, you know, this is your job. You have to do all of them. Um, and if you don't, the fight's canceled. And so the UFC proceeded to cancel the fight. So my statement to you here is, uh, UFC president Dana White went too far and should have talked it out with Connor before canceling the fight. Foul or no foul? No foul. I'm on Dana's side, man. There is no talking that out. So, in my view, Connor went out quickly with the tweet and said, "You know, I think I'm paraphrasing it. I think it's I'm retiring. Thanks for the cheese. Talk to you later or whatever." It yes, was, was his tweet. I think Connor made the first misstep there. I think it's Connor's fault. You know, like look at us all. We bashed we bashed Cam when Cam walked away from a press conference. Right. Mm-hmm. These guys do this job and got put up on this pedestal by a business that put them in the situation they're in. 
And then because he's feeling the pressure or feeling that he's not focused, well, that's part of the job. He has to be able to maintain his focus and fulfill his duties as the UFC champion mm. to be able to show up to all those events. Yeah, it's taxing, but that's that's why you make 10 mil a fight or 5 mil a fight or the crazy money that you make to go smash someone's face in. Right. It is what it is, but for me, it's no foul on what Danny did. I, th- I think the problem lies with Connor. I don't think the problem lies with anybody else. Gotcha. Yeah, I- I'm going to go foul. Um, and the reason I say that is because I feel like in the time that we're in right now, right, with media, social media, um, all, all these things, I feel like there should be a way where, you know, Connor can do something, whether, like he said, his tweet alone, you know, caused a crazy stir, right? Probably more of a stir than even the press conference would have. So I, I get what he's saying. He has this huge social media following. Everyone loves him or hates him. And so he can do things, whether it's, you know, videos from where he's training at, whether it's on Twitter, social media, I feel like there has to be a middle ground somewhere where I feel like, cause I feel like he does more than other fighters because he sells so well doing that. Um, so I feel like there, could, there, there has to be a middle ground that him and Dana could come to, um, that could work both ways without, you know, completely running this dude into the ground as far as doing promotionals. Cause I feel like he's so important to the UFC. Um, I've said it on previous episodes where, um, people who don't care about mixed arts and martial arts, don't care about the UFC. They know who Connor is and they watch his fights and that, you know, to me, that's priceless. You can't, you can't put a price tag on that. And so he, and you know, he's one of the, it's one of those situations where you don't want to lose him. You don't want him to retire for real. Um, I think he's too valuable, um, to the UFC for them not to find, you know, a middle ground. Um, so that's just kind of where I stand on that. Um, but I definitely understand, you know, your, 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 your position as well saying that it is part of his job, but I just feel like maybe he does it more than others. And for that reason, maybe there could be some kind of middle ground cause he does it more than others and better than others. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess just one thing I'll add on to that. The reason why he does it more than others is because he does it better than others. Right, and he's right. done that to, he, again, he put himself in that situation. If he didn't come out as the cocky, arrogant guy, they wouldn't care so much that he's at a presser or he's at this thing, but they want him at every event because he has built this following off fighting and doing those things. Right. Right. And I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So I can see either argument. So, you know, I'm sure Dana has a good argument. I'm sure Connor has a good oh, I'm argument. Sure they both got a great and we're probably somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right. Great. Um, number two, um, obviously we've seen a lot of trades going on in the NFL recently for the draft, right? The top number one pick, the number two pick. Um, and we've seen people criticize it up and down. Um, whether they've given up too much, whether, you know, it's worth it. Um, That's to be decided, obviously, with the future. But I want to get your opinion on this statement. Teams who trade for the top draft pick or draft picks, you know, one, two, and three, somewhere in that range, lose every time in the long run. Foul or no foul? Wow. I'm going to go no foul. And I'm going to go no foul based on this. I would probably have to do more research, but my statement would be it's too hard to say they lose in the long run because there's so many guys that have potential up there that can turn into the guy you need. Now, the two deals that went down this year are both both foul. I, I, there's no other way to say it. Right. Ridiculous what they gave up to get those one and two picks. But I think that there is deals that could be made that make sense for the team and allow you to get a guy up there that will do do what you want them to do so uh, for that i you know that's my opinion on that okay yeah i i agree with you the these two trades that just happened are ridiculous you know the stuff they gave up are 
just un you know just just ridiculous amounts of, of, of stuff you're giving up for the future and, and betting on this one guy you know and, and being a Raider fan I've had that one guy you know plenty of times Jamarcus Russell all these guys and it, and it never worked for us and I know the Raiders in the past have had terrible management of the team um, and I understand that it could maybe just be a problem that we face but I've seen it happen to other teams too um, you know the Robert Griffin situation stuff like that so I just feel like man you're banking a lot you know, you're giving up a lot of stuff for one person that you think is going to change everything. And I think it's it's hard to do that. You know, I'm, it's hard for one guy to change it. And, you know, if one of those teams feel that they're just that one player away, I, I guess it makes sense to them if that's their mentality. But it's hard to believe that any team is really ever one player away, that that, that one player is all that's going to make a difference. You know, so um, I agree with you on that. Um, the, the, the last one I want to go to um, is about youth sports. And so I know you have a daughter in youth sports. I have um, children in youth sports and we, and we know plenty of people who have done the same and we've done the same ourselves when we were kids. Um, and so this is a, a topic that comes up a lot and it, it kind of, you know, people, people go either way, of course, with it, but I feel real strongly in, in one direction. So I'm just curious what you feel with it, you know, being that your daughter does it and you're very involved. Um, so the statement is in youth sports, Every kid, whether winner or loser, should get a trophy. Foul or no foul? Foul. Foul. Yeah, no, I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I am uh, I'm of the mindset that first, second, third place deserve to be rewarded. Heck, I would be of the mindset that first place is the only one that deserves to be rewarded. But I, I understand why they do it. They want kids to, you know, everybody to be excited. They get a trophy. They feel like they won something. Um, but at the same time, I just think that it's it's important for kids to learn how to lose. And yeah. I, I think that's that's part of the problem is that we're so busy teaching kids, you know, to go out there, oh, you did well, you won, whatever it is. I think it's important for kids to learn that sometimes you don't win, you know, in life you lose. And and that's something that you have to know. You have to go to a tournament and you don't get a medal. You don't get a trophy. It's one of those things that happens. You know, my daughter, and I, I think I said this to you in the chat in Falafla, is telling everybody about it. The one tournament we went to this year with my daughter's team, they got fourth place medals. Well, wow. if, I, if I showed you the, the room, my daughter's room with her medals up, that fourth place medal is nowhere to be seen because it went <laughs> in the garbage when she got home. And that's oh, a decision wow. she made on her own. Nice. Yeah, so I, that, that's my opinion. I just think, you know, if you want to give first place, second place, third place, those I get. But right. outside of that, I'm I'm a James Harrison guy. They don't get a trophy for participating. Exactly. It doesn't exist. Exactly. And I, I, I totally agree with you. I forget... I'm trying to think of who actually. Someone mentioned it to me in a um, in a, in a, in a fancy life chat. I, I want to say it was Corey. Um, so that's that's kind of what brought it back into my my mind. I, I've heard it mentioned on um, you know I listen to other podcasts. Joe Rogan Experience. I think Joe Rogan mentioned it once too. Like you said, um, people need to learn how to lose. Um, and I, and, I, and I think sometimes we forget when we have our kids in sports, uh, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, it doesn't matter that. You know, the lessons they learn now, it, it really um, cultivates how they become an adult, right? And so if you don't know how to lose as a child, when you become an adult and you and you, and you you don't win at everything in life, you know, whether you don't get that job you wanted, you lose the girlfriend or boyfriend that you wanted or, or that you loved or whatever the case may be, um, you know, people 
who, who didn't learn how to lose as children tend to not know how to lose as adults. And so that's when we see a lot of uh, hasty decisions being made by people, a lot of bitterness and that sore loser mentality for an adult is something you hate to see. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think it's very important that, um, you know, I, I understand parents doing it like, you know, kind of, you know, to motivate their kids or to kind of make them feel good about themselves. And it's good to, to build that, um, you know, that confidence in yourself and that belief in yourself. But I feel like, you know, learning how to lose also builds character in you. Um, and I feel like that's something that sometimes, um, you know, go, get swept under the rug or, or not, you know, enough focus on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think not getting that trophy pushes kids to next time say, we have to be better as a team to get that trophy. Exactly. So I, I, I agree with you. There's both sides to the coin. Um, but for me, I, I, I don't want that trophy in my house and my daughter didn't want that trophy in our house either. So yeah. it was for me, it was a proud moment to see her be like, no, this isn't, that's not what I play for. Yeah. See, that's awesome. Cause you know, some kids, you'll hear a lot of kids say sometimes like, oh yeah, we lost, but at least we tried. Right. And you're like, oh God, like you want to say, yeah, you know, I'm happy you tried. But you know, sometimes yeah. when you become an adult, trying isn't good enough sometimes, you know what I mean? And so, um, that's kind of the mentality you want to get in. And, and we're seeing, like we just talked about Conor McGregor, it's kind of a perfect situation where he lost and it's pushing himself to realize I need to work harder. I need to focus harder. Um, he learned how to lose, obviously, because he could just say, I don't want this, you know, forget this stuff. And, and that's another thing that someone had brought up. Is he, is he doing this? Is he pulling the shenanigans on purpose um, to avoid the fight and to and yeah. to have more time to prepare? So that's another way, another way to look at it. But yeah, man, I, I'm definitely, I'm glad that you, that, uh, you know, you instill that, you know, in your daughter. And that's awesome, man. So um, just, wanted, just wanted to go that route with that, you know? Um, so um, yeah, yeah, I'd actually, I'd actually like, to maybe partake in this game if you will and i'd like to pose a question to you for fallon oh the first time the tables have been turned i am open to the challenge you are open to the challenge okay so my question for you i listened last week and you guys were talking about kobe kobe is great i get it my question to you is foul or no foul kobe bryant is not a top five laker of all time oh man man do you understand the backlash that came from the last episode not giving Kobe too much credit. Now I got to go this route. Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. Uh, I, I guess, man, the Lakers have had a lot of good players, dude. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say, I'm going to say your, your statement was he is not right. Correct. So I'm going to say foul foul. I believe he is a top five Laker. Um, I guess I'm trying to think of who I, I, I would go, obviously, in some order of Kareem, Magic, Shaq, Kobe, and Jerry West, probably. So that's where I would probably put him in there. From, from, from my, without looking at the names, I'm thinking that's where I would go. Where are you at with that? I'm no foul. I'm making a statement because I, I think it's no foul. But my top five Lakers, I would go Jerry West, Shaq, Magic, Kareem. But then people always forget guys like Elgin Baylor and there's so many other Lakers. So that's the whole thing for me. I think I think Kobe is great. But if you look at the championships that he won on that team, how many rings can he stake a claim to and say, I put the team on my back and I brought the team this ring? Right, right. So, so you're so, saying Baylor, Elgin Baylor over, over Kobe, basically, that's the difference? Yeah. Yeah, I would take I would take Alvin Baylor over Kobe. Wow, 
Yeah, that's, that's that's definitely an argument, and, and it's an interesting one. I mean, you know, like you said, there's been so many good Lakers, so it's harder. It, may, it definitely makes it harder. Um, I don't know if it's because Kobe is fresh in my mind. You know, he just retired. Everything just came together. Great, great 20-year career. But I do understand what you're saying as far as him always needing a sidekick, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, man, I, 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 I see your argument. I think I'm going to stick with him in my top five, though. And again, it could just be because he's so fresh. It was more my era, um, things like that. And maybe I'm just being biased for that reason. No, no, I, I think the era thing is the biggest. I think that's the push, right? Like so many guys our age and younger than us that watch the game only focus on people that they saw. Right. But for me, when I look back on it, like I, I, I think the guys that played back in the 70s and the 80s and before that, they played in such a different game. If you foul somebody how you fouled somebody back then now, you're out of the game. You're suspended for five games. Like it's it's totally different era. Yeah. I just I just find the points are inflated now. The the foul shots, you're getting, you know, you're getting 10, 12, 15 trips to the line that you didn't get back then. So that's why I just think so many times when people talk about these conversations about the greatest the top 10 all that stuff i just i just think that the era is often overlooked of people playing in the modern era where the rules are more pushy to protect the players which i understand now their investments their million dollar investments whereas before they were a thousand dollar investments so that that's where i see the difference in the era but Kobe's work ethic, man, his character, that warrior spirit. We can't just yeah. credit that, right? He had it. I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, came straight out of high school, didn't have to play in Minnesota, got to go to a great organization. I get all of those things. Just for me, he's not he's not that guy. He's got points, he's got all that stuff for him. But I, I just don't see him. I see him putting the team on his back for one championship. That's what I see. I got you. I got you, man. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one, but that's great, man. That's the beauty of foul or no foul. You know, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. And we let, let's go down a dangerous path and on our on our on our way out of this conversation then, since you brought it up. If if you had and I and I of course like I said I brought it up last week in a, in a way too. Um if we had to name right now on the spot um top ten NBA players ever, who who do you go with? Yeah, you don't okay. even have to go in a particular order if you don't okay, want, good. but just top ten ever. Okay, fair, fair. I will go, and this is in no particular order. I'm not trying to put guys on numbers yet. Um, but obviously you have Jordan. I'm mm-hmm. going to put Jordan up there. Um, Magic, I don't think that there's a more versatile player than Magic has been. I guess LeBron is close in terms of versatility on the court. But So Magic is in that list. I got Bird just because there's no shooter better than that guy. Well, maybe we're seeing one right now in our era. Um, we're lucky enough to watch one. It's arguable. Yeah, you know, exactly. And I'm going to put Shaq up there for me. I got Dr. J. Uh, I got one of my favorite post players of all time, Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. Um, I'm going to put Kareem in, in my list. I'm going to put Oscar Robertson in my list, the only guy to ever average a triple-double for a season. Like, that's just ridiculous yeah. if somebody has a list and they're not going to put him in there. And then I'm going to put Jerry West. And then I'm going to put Will Chamberlain. So for me, Kobe doesn't even make that list. Okay. No, I mean that that's a good list. That's a good list. And I and I, and I can understand Kobe not making that list. Um if I if I had to do a top 10 um, just kind of off the top here, no particular order also. Um my mine's different than yours. I I would probably have four or or four or five guys different than you. I I'm, I'm going to go Jordan, uh Kareem. I would go Magic. Like you said, versatility was ridiculous. Um I'm going to go Larry Bird. I don't, I don't see how you can leave one off the list. Um, Wilt Chamberlain, he, he, he makes the list. Uh, you didn't mention Bill Russell. I'm putting him on the list. The man won 
crazy amount of championships. Six rings. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Tim Duncan, who a lot of people don't put on their list, I'm putting them there. Um, we we, men- we mentioned it earlier. We love the Spurs and what they do, and, I, and, and Tim Duncan's a big part of that. Um, yeah. Oscar Robinson, I'm putting him on my list too. Shaq, I'm putting him on my list, although I wish he was in Orlando Magic his whole career oh, and not a shitty-ass Laker, man. Damn, that me pisses too, me off. Man. That bites me every time I think about it. <laughs> um, uh, other guys, let's see how many. I got a couple more. I would say uh, I think I got one more. Um, let's let's go crazy and, and piss a bunch of people off. LeBron James, I'm putting him on the list, oh, and so th- that'll be my top ten. Um, I think I, I think I got ten there, right? Jordan, Kareem, Magic, Larry, Wilt, Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, Oscar Robinson, Shaq, and LeBron. Yeah, that's ten. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I I know people are gonna hate for the LeBron thing. I know I'm gonna get crazy, you know, bash for that. But man, it's just hard. And again, like you said, it could be an era thing. I just feel like man. He's he's uh, he's just a wrecking force, man, by himself. You know, I've seen him yeah. turn the shittiest teams to good teams to championship teams, and I can't just I just can't I can't not you know respect that. So as much as I don't like him as a as a character person, a lot of times I feel like he does things that just annoy me sometimes, and I feel like it's intentional. But I have to put it on my top ten if we're just talking basketball. So are you mad at that like list, it. or is it is, is it respectful? Not at all. Not at all. I, I feel upset at myself because I, I skipped Bill Russell. Like I said, see, and that's that's the thing with these lists. And this has been a heated conversation that's happened in Falafel. It's happened in the main page of the app that we're both talking about here, the FL app. Um, it's happened. It happens every day, right? With our friends at work. Every day. Every like, conversation. That's, that's right. And I try and tell people all the time. Don't get stuck in the era. You've got to be able to look past the era that you got to see. And I don't, like I said, I don't even mind LeBron on the list because the versatility, that's the thing that a lot of guys overlook, right? And Magic Mm -hmm. had a short career. There's guys that try and bypass Magic, but yeah, he had a short career. He got sick. You know what I mean? All that stuff happened. But if we're talking about skill set and the way guys played the game, I, th- I think that those are both fair lists. Yeah. I think there's always going to be the guys that people say, oh, how could you have left off so-and-so? It's, it's always going to happen. But that's the joy of talking about it, right? You get to hear different people's opinions. You get to disagree on it. You get to say, this is why I chose this guy and I didn't choose this guy. So for me, it's one of those things that, it, as you say, it's always great to reach out to people that are kind of feeling the same way you are and have a conversation even if you don't always agree. Exactly. It's a lot of fun. So, I mean, we had a great show. We went into a lot of good stuff, a lot of good uh, debate here. So, man, I really appreciate you for coming on. We've been kind of working on this for a while, so I'm glad it finally happened. Um, Of course, you have an open invitation to come on again whenever you'd like. Um, It's been fun. Is there anything that you want to say on the way out? Any kind of shout outs or anything you want to throw out to people? Anything you want to get out there? The only thing I'll say is is don't forget about my Raptors. We're down 16 right now. We may lose this one. We're going to put the battle in. Don't worry. We the North, we're coming for it. <laughs> uh, anybody that ever has any questions, everybody knows where I'm at on the FL app. Just one little Indian. And then on Twitter, if anybody wants to get at me with any questions or let me know how much you hated my list of top 10s or how you disagree with me about Kobe Bryant not being a top five Laker, um, it's one little Indian JD, like the letter at the end. And that's it, man. That's me. Perfect, man. Well, again, I, I want to thank you for coming on man i really appreciate it you're a good dude a lot of knowledge and you know and when you come on again man the, the great part about you man is you have you know you have your your uh you know your information and everything you don't have just you know one thing you're set on so um you know you, you come back on whenever you want we can go in a totally different direction and, and that's the great the greatest part about talking with you man so um again i really appreciate you for coming on and uh look forward to talking to you again soon that, thanks man i appreciate it and uh keep on dodging the clock man i'll catch you on the app Absolutely. Let's go. See you later, man. Take it easy.
Damn, that was a good conversation. I knew Jay would bring it. I was waiting for this conversation for a while. We both have been kind of planning this in the works. Um, so shout out to Jay again for coming on. Um, I urge you guys to hit up Jay, whether it's on the Fancy Life app at One Little Indian or whether it's on Twitter at One Little Indian JD. Good dude, knows his stuff, and uh, is always down for a good debate, you know what I mean, a good conversation. So as you can see, uh, he, he, he enjoys that. So hit him up, let him know how he did on the show, you know, that you'd like him to come back. Um, Shout out to everybody who supports the show, whether you download it, review it, sponsor it, um, you know, subscribe to it. Um, shout out to everybody who, who who has written anything at all or contributed to ClockDodgers.com. You are truly appreciated. I know I feel like I do this every week or on every episode, um, but it's the only way I can sincerely um, express my appreciation to you guys for listening and, and for supporting this movement. Um, Clock Dodgers shirts. Um, a bunch of you guys bought those. Um, I did mention there would be a contest if you missed it for any reason. Everybody who bought a shirt, uh, your name has been entered into a drawing to win a, a $25 gift card. Um, so that will be done as soon as the closes on the first set of shirts um so again thank you for that as well um and again man i really appreciate everybody who has uh, become a part of my life due to this podcast so thank you again um and guys come on man one little indian hit him up follow him on twitter good dude all right um i just want to i'm going to do a short outro on this one because i have another episode that i'm recording uh soon as well as a lot of stuff that i have to do so as always i just want to go out on the outro here with some you know, with some information or some positive feedback or something that we can, uh, you know, all dwell on together. Right. Um, I just want to get into it. I don't want to come across as any person that preaches or says he's better than anybody else. I'm, I'm certainly not. I have more flaws than probably the rest of you. Um, but I just want to ask that everybody try, um, whether you have to focus on it, whether you have to wake up and tell yourself it, or whether it just comes natural to you. Um, let's humble ourselves. Okay, guys. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff going on. I know from the beginning of time that there's always been problems. There's always been, um, you know, issues in the world. There's always been the bullies. There's always been uh, murderers and killers and whatever, however you want to, you know, classify them and, and whatnot. But I don't know if it's the social media age that we live in where people hide behind screen names and usernames. I don't know if it's the TVs, the games that get crazier and crazier. Um, I don't know what it is, right? But it just seems like people seem to value people less and less and, and for some reason raise their own value of themselves um, above others, which is just crazy to me. Um, stop. Let's stop being so vain. Stop um, thinking money and looks rule the world, although you are better off in life with those, right? There's no denying that. I, I can be honest with you about that. Um, let's just humble ourselves, right? You're not, you're not better than the next man for, by any means, uh, for any reason at all. Um, we're all here just to, you know, do what we can do best. Um, but remember, you know, life is better when you make somebody else happy, right? When you make someone else smile, um, when you contribute in a positive way. Um, so let's stop um, whether, whether you hide behind um, an internet account or a social media account, or whether you do it in your everyday life at a, at a job, school, workplace. Um, let's just, you know, try to make everybody else's life, you know, good. You know what I mean? If you can make someone smile today, do it. If you can make someone happy for the day, do it. Um, I know it's cliche. I know you hear it a lot. Again, I'm not trying to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do, but I just feel like there's a little, uh, or maybe I should say a wide gap a space that we could fill in, um, with some humbleness and some positivity. Um, so that's what I try to do. Of course, with this show every week, I try to bring you excellent guests with tons of knowledge that, um, bring a good conversation where we can connect, right? Cause again, I cannot, 
um, say this enough that the human mind, the human soul wants to connect with others. Um, so that's why I continue to do this because every week there's someone new to connect with and listeners to connect with. Um, and then people on Twitter and social media and everywhere else to connect with after the fact. Right. Um, so guys, I, I appreciate you, uh, for being so supportive of this clock Dodgers movement, um, for being clock Dodgers yourselves. I can't thank you enough. Um, and let's just try to be humble, you know, humble yourself every day, every day. It's hard sometimes, um, you know, when, with the way things go, with the way life may be treating you, with the way people treat you. Um, but please just humble yourself. All right. Um, don't put people don't don't put yourself above everybody. Don't don't ever once think that you're better than you are for any reason or that you're more important than the next man. Uh, remember, whether you're, you work at a job nine to five, whether you go to school, whether you're on a sports team, whether you do a podcast, there's always someone better than you. You're always replaceable. There's nothing irreplaceable about you. Um, So uh, let's just let's just do our best to, uh, you know, to support each other, to be uh, to not be snakes and not to uh, wish wish, uh, you know, bad on others. Um, Regardless, if you're my enemy, if you're my best friend, if you're someone I haven't talked to in 20 years, if you're a family member, I don't talk to if I don't even know you, I wish well on you. Okay, so that's all we could do is just wish the best for each other, support each other. And uh, let's just continue to make this place the best place we can make it so that when we leave it for the next group, uh, it's somewhere they want to live and a place they want to be. So, again, thank you, everybody. On the outro here, um, as always, same as the intro, Liquid Spiral. They're coming out with a new album, a new single. Um, So definitely check that out. Support them any way you can. Um, of course, thank you again to No Halftime for being there since practically the beginning of this podcast. Um, everyone's having a blast doing that app. If you haven't gotten on there, get on there, download it, play with us. Promo code CLOCK gets you free $10. Don't forget your free t-shirt. Make sure you email them for that. My username, again, I cannot repeat this enough, is at Dodgers. Send your challenges. I love getting challenges every morning when I wake up or every time I open up the app and I see someone's challenged me. I like that. You know what I mean? So let's, let's do that. Um, and again, guys, thank you. More great episodes to come. Push guests my way. If you know anybody who who, who will be good for the show that you want to hear talk, um, push topics my way, questions my way, foul or no fouls my way. Um, this podcast is about you guys. Um, so, you know, do everything you can to be a part of it. All right. See you guys next episode. Later. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on Twitter.